Daily study of God's Word is an important aspect of each one of our lives as we hear in this thought from Mike McIntosh to begin today's edition of CNV. And you and I have the ability to ignore His Word and we're going to wither up. We forget His Word and uh, we don't follow it. We begin to cease. We end caring. We don't care about picking up the Bible. We don't care about talking about biblical things or spiritual things with other people. So it's a very strong word, not just forgetting it, but you consciously can ignore it. So he's saying, don't ignore my word, and don't let it wither up in your life, and don't cease to care for it, because you're going to be a fool if you do, because he wants you to have his wisdom. And I'll stand up and shout, and I'll praise you, Lord Jesus, and I'll stand up and sing. Welcome to chapter and verse on this Monday as we forge ahead in our studies of the book of Proverbs with our teacher Mike McIntosh. Our studies of this Old Testament book have brought to light many of the struggles we all face in life. It's so important to read God's Word every day and allow it to permeate every aspect of our lives to gain the wisdom we need in order to walk in the light of Christ and to be able to share that light so others can come to know Him and receive His gift of eternal life. Do Not Forget My Law is our message title as we continue our survey here on CNV. Now let's join Mike for today's message from Proverbs. Turn um, to Proverbs chapter 3 if you would please. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, and fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, and strength to your bones." Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So, by honoring Him, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, just as the Father the Son in whom He delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain uh, than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot be compared with her. The length of days are in her right hand, and in her left, and riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and uh, happy are all who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the depths were broken up. And clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. 
so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. And then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you're going to lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or trouble from the wicked when it comes. Don't let it bug you, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those people to whom it is due when it is in your power, the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, uh, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it to you when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake, and do not strive with a man without cause, if he's done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person, person is an abomination to the Lord. But his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but he gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Lord, we would ask as um, we look at these Proverbs that your Holy Spirit who is here with us would open up our eyes to see them in a new light. You'd open up our understanding to receive them and knowledge would be imparted to us. And we would pray that every person here would walk out a little bit wiser than they walked in. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd move in our midst. You'd walk up and down the aisles and uh, touch people. That their focus and attention on your goodness would really pop forward. That they'd realize that you're instructing them right now. You're talking to them. You're teaching them. You're pointing them in the direction uh, that they should go and how to live it. So we pray for this wisdom that Solomon had, that you would multiply it out of these pages into each one of our lives and hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to point out the, the first thing he says in the third uh, chapter. My son, again, it's a family deal, like our Heavenly Father is uh, speaking to us. It's also the Lord speaking uh, from Solomon, uh, David speaking to his, son, to his own son. But it's like the Heavenly Father just encouraging you. Do not forget my law. I'd like you to underline the word forget. It has an interesting meaning to it, um, a little bit more amplified than an English word. It literally um, means to forget or ignore. So we can ignore something. In our language, it doesn't mean we forget it. We just ignore it. It also was a word that was used for wither. Like if a, a tree were withering up or a bush in the garden was withering up. And it means to cease to care. So I want you to circle the word forget. Because he's talking about God's word. And you and I have the ability to ignore his word. And we're going to wither up. We forget his word and uh, we don't follow it. We begin to cease. We end caring. We don't care about picking up the Bible. We don't care about talking about biblical things or spiritual things with other people. So it's a very strong word. Not just forgetting it, but you consciously can ignore it. So he's saying, don't ignore my word. And don't let it wither up in your life. And don't cease to care for it. Because you're going to be a fool if you do. Because he wants you to have uh, his wisdom. So it means forget, ignore, wither, or cease to care. That You quit caring. That means you've got a hard heart, actually. Um, you know, if we quit watering plants, they wither. So he's reminding us here that if we forget his word, we're not being watered. It's very important for us uh, that he tells us what to do. He tells us to remember. Uh, do not forget my law. 
but let your heart keep my commandments. So the forget part, ignoring, would be our minds. And some people can memorize, you know, the Declaration of Independence, preamble of the Constitution. They can uh, memorize things from rote. They can pass tests and exams because they cram. So God shows us that wisdom is just not in your head, but it's also in your heart. So it's the blending of your intellect and your spirit that you get his word and you hide it deeply inside of you. That You're not just saying it to memorize it, but he can bring it up during the daytime when you're at school or at work, and the word will just pop up, and all of a sudden you'll remember it, and it'll bring life to you in a given situation. So you need to water it. But if you ignore a rose bush, it's going to wither. So if you ignore your own heart, your heart is going to wither. If you ignore your relationship with God, it's going to wither. You're going to cease to care. And then everybody else is wrong around you, and you're the only one that's right. And everybody else has a problem, but not you. And the world now becomes very myopic for you. You look at it through your eyes, and you miss what it's really about. you loving God and serving him with all your heart, mind, and soul. So it is also a picture that we can see of atrophy. A muscle can atrophy and begin to shrivel up or wither because it doesn't exercise. And then it gets to a point where because you've ignored it, and the atrophy sets in, you now cannot bring it back. So you have to keep working on our muscles and in our bodies and help them, just like the Word of God. So if we cease to care for the daily disciplines, and he's putting an emphasis, a strong emphasis, to work it in our heart and our mind, uh, we're going to lose all the heavenly benefits. That's what he's warning us about, heavenly benefits. And here they are. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. And here's the benefits. And he gives you three benefits. Um, for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. So now he's got mathematics going in your life as a human being if you'll go after wisdom. Length of days, long life, and peace. Now you might say, well, length of days is the same as having long life. But no, he's telling you on a daily basis, you can get more out of one day in 24 hours than you ever got before once you apply God's wisdom. Yes, you can have a long life, which is many days and many years, because wisdom is going to tell you to take care of your body and your health and your strength and uh, you know, keep your mind uh, fluid and, and working. And then the third thing that you have is peace. So if you're a person that's prone to not have peace, find yourself more in God's scriptures, wisdom says you're going to have peace. You're somebody that's prone to be a hypochondriac or you're sick a lot or you're worried about your health, um, you stay in God's word and hide it in your heart, your days are going to get fuller and richer with purpose and your life will actually uh, lengthen itself. So these are the attributes. Length of days, long peace, uh, long life, and peace. So in verse 2, um, these will be added to you. They will be added to you. Now there are three psalms that we studied. The first one was Psalm 68, uh, verse 19. And it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Did you realize that every day he loads you up with benefits? It's sort of like Christmas. You ever watch little kids at Christmas? They see that stack, and usually in a family you separate the presents. This is his, this is hers, this is his. And you spread them around, and the little kids just get around those packages, and they want to dive in and start shredding them. Well, there's benefits. God loads us up daily with benefits. You may never have thought of that before. But he tells you that wisdom brings its benefits, three of them being uh, length of days, long life, and peace. 
But Psalm 68 says he loads us daily with, with his benefits. Psalm 103, verse 2, we studied. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So maybe you've forgotten some of his benefits. But wisdom says if you continue in his word and you hide it in your heart, the benefits are always there. So when everybody's sitting around and they're grumbling over their Marie Callender's pie or whatever, and you hear nothing but negative and backbiting, then God's benefits flow to your heart. And you say, hey, did you guys think about this? And you change the whole subject and life starts flowing. See, everybody around you wants to pull you down, and you can pull yourself down sometimes. But when the benefits of the Lord come up, you can just sit and talk about the benefits. What are some of the benefits that the Lord has in your life? But if you forget them, let alone that he loads you up daily, then you're going to go downhill. Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? So what could you give to the Lord? But then he just gave you three psalms that said, one, God loads you up daily with benefits. Let's not ever forget his daily benefits. And what can we render or give to the Lord for his benefits? So you know three things about him is that he will lengthen your life, your days, give you a longer life and bring you peace if you continue in his word. But what would you say the chief benefit of all of knowing the Lord would be? Salvation and eternal life. Yeah. So you go on and on. You say, he loads me. I never thought of that before. I, mean, I just take it for granted. Like a little kid underneath a Christmas tree. It's uh, Christmas and I'm a kid. And all the aunts and uncles and moms and dads buy all of us kids the presents. And we take it for granted. Every day, he loads you up with them. But let's not forget that, he says in the next psalm. And then the next psalm, he says, but what can we give him back? All he wants to do is fellowship with you. So you get in his word and you fellowship with him. So he gives you these three great uh, benefits. And then I call the third verse the bling of scripture. Um, he says, let not mercy for sizzle um, and truth forsake you. For shizzle, sizzle. <laughs> let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. There's the bling part. Like, you know, gold chains. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So now you're doing something. You're doing a couple of things here. Mercy and truth. Don't get away from mercy. Um, I was talking to a, a man a couple days ago. He was in his 80s. And um, there was a person that, in his family that had really pained him. And he wanted some idea of what he should do. And my suggestion was to love him and help that person. And um, so he did. And... The person that heard him couldn't understand why he wasn't angry with him. Well, I said, what did you feel when you forgave this person? He said, well, I felt really good because, you know, I'm getting closer to dying than I ever was in my life. And I said, yeah. And he said, and I realized I need a lot of mercy. When I get to heaven, I better have a lot of mercy. And I'm going to be there before this person more than likely. And if I don't show them mercy, I'm not going to get mercy. Blessed are the merciful right? So mercy is something we forget about. We would rather condemn or belittle or be better than or put down someone instead of going the area of mercy. So the bling scripture, verse 3, is one says, let not mercy forsake you. So mercy is something you want to work on. That when the opportunity comes up, it's a lot of power. But the world says, do not exercise mercy. Exercise vengeance, anger, bitterness. But Jesus says, no, you're of another kingdom Exercise mercy and let mercy be given back to you. Blessed are the merciful, merciful for you shall uh, receive mercy. And then the second thing was truth. 
Uh, don't let truth forsake you. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. So we can forsake truth by forsaking the word, which is able to make us wise, which draws us closer to him, and the truth forming in us and living it out. We can forsake it, and if we forsake truth, we're not going to be merciful people at all. If we forsake mercy, we're not going to be truthful people. We're going to be fake and phony and hypocrites, and we're going to have a facade. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, but you're not really doing great. When you should really say, uh, this is not a good day for me. Would you pray for me? Would you mind praying for me? So truth and mercy are two things. You want to circle both those. Truth and mercy are two little things that wisdom says, don't let them get out of your sight. Keep truth and mercy. Let wisdom be part of your daily habit that you are reading the scriptures and you hide it in your heart. It's kept in your mind, hidden in your heart. Your day gets fuller, your life gets longer, and there is peace. And now the peace is shed abroad because you're showing mercy and not vengeance or anger or bitterness. So you put it around your neck like a beautiful bling, like a a bunch of gold chains or something. It's just right there. Mercy and truth are hanging there. And then when people think of you, they say, "Uh, I know she'll she'll show mercy to all those people for this. None of them deserve it. I just know her. It's just obvious. I know that if I talk to him, he'll give me truth. It's just obvious. It's like the bling. You just see it. That's a truthful person. That's a person you can trust. So these are things that wisdom will start handing over to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. And then the next thing it says to do about them, mercy and truth. Remember, you're going to circle those, right? Don't just put them around your neck where everybody can see them. But you're going back to verse 1. Uh, Let your heart keep my commandments. You're now, in verse 3, you're going to write them on the tablet of your heart. Okay, now I saw a note from someone, and they signed it. And it was a typewritten note, but they signed it. And I could tell just by the way their signature was at the bottom that they didn't have solid footing when they signed it. Okay, I give you a piece of paper... It's a nice typed up document. And you put it on your knee or on somebody's shoulder. You know what you can get in your mind, what it'll look like, like scribble. So if you're going to put these on your heart, etch them in your heart, there's got to be stability. So your heart has to be solid and stable. So God can now write his wisdom and his truth and his mercy and his commandments on your heart. But if you're a flip-flop heart and you're a loosey-goosey heart, and you're a worldly heart, and you're a fleshly heart, there's no etching going on there. And when you think of your heart being solid, it becomes very solidified when it's at peace with God. So the Lord has a million or two million Israelites that have come out of the wilderness, and God calls Moses, their leader, up to the mountain, and he's definitely dealing with Moses. And some people get antsy because the leader is being quiet and they can't see him. But Joshua... The second in command, the servant to Moses, he comes along with him and comes up the same mountain and stops. And God says that only you can come into this dark cloud. Joshua cannot come into this cloud. Down below is the everyday people with the brother of Moses, Aaron. And they started saying, where is he? He's been gone. What are we going to do? We need to have gods that will lead us that we can see. And so Aaron sins and says, bring me your gold necklaces and your bracelets. 
He melted them down. He made a golden calf and said, this shall be your God that you will worship that led you out of Egypt. Tremendous sin and blasphemy. And what happened? Joshua was faithful. He didn't get in the way of the people or of the leader. He just did what God asked him to do. And God ultimately was going to use him to go into the promised land. And Moses wouldn't go into the promised land. But while Moses was in there, we are told by the book of Hebrews that he saw a foreshadowing of heaven. And he had a similitude of what the tabernacle was like and everything God wanted down here on earth for man to have. And the priesthood, God showed him for 40 days. Totally alone with no distractions of the world. And of course, his flesh wasn't a distraction because he was in the presence of the Lord. Now, this is the same Moses that when Jesus was on earth, that he went up the mountain with Peter, James, and John. And all of a sudden, the Lord turned into his new glorious body. And the glory of God shone about him. And Moses and Elijah appeared. They, they recognized who they were. Now, they were gone hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. How would they know who they were other than just by their presence? And then God spoke and said, This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Now, here's Jesus right in the middle of Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. And God's glory is found in Christ. Right in the middle. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, but rather to fulfill them. But the law and the prophets were actually fulfilled in the presence of Jesus. And so here are the disciples, and they're, they're overwhelmed. And yet Moses is right there, and Peter's first thing after the glory goes away, and Jesus comes to him and says, it's good that we're here. Let's build three tabernacles. You know, let's have a resort and a little uh, getaway that we charge some tickets and bring some people to and say, we were here, and this is where it happened. That's what we always do as humans, I think. You know, turn it into something fleshly when it's something spiritual. But remember, Moses had already been trained by the Lord those 40 days, even though the Bible tells us that when Michael the archangel was disputing over the body of Moses, he dared bring forth no railing accusations, but rather said, the Lord rebuke you. So we know that when Moses died. He was 120 years old. And the Bible tells us that his eye was the eye of a 40-year-old. But 40, for some of you that are 18 or 22, think that's really old. But it's, it's not. Uh, this is really old. But 40 is, is a kid, basically. And um, to be 80 years older than 40, his eye was bright and he was healthy. Which means that he could have kept going on, but God said, your time's up, buddy. And God buried the body of Moses. That's what the scriptures say. So in Jude, when Michael the archangel is fighting with Satan, probably what is taking place is Satan wants to get that body and he wants to embalm it and make a shrine out of it and then make, make it available so people could come for centuries and bow down before the body of Moses, like Chairman Mao or Lenin. It would be a human being as if Moses did anything. He was just the vessel. And so God very wisely personally buried the body of Moses. And then when the devil tried to get it out in the open, uh, he sent Michael down. And Michael is a very powerful angel, we know. He is called the great prince. He, in the book of Daniel, he came to help uh, Gabriel when uh, Iran was battling and the prince of Persia was uh, waging war. And uh, Michael just said, the Lord rebuke you. Otherwise, just calling on the name of the Lord is more powerful than anything Satan could do against any one of you in this room. Do you realize that? 
Just you get overwhelmed, you get beat up, you get beat down, you get beaten sideways, whatever it is. He picks you up by the ankle and throws you around his head and flips you against the wall a couple times and goes woo at you a couple times. And you just feel like you're nothing. You know, the devil just works you over. All you got to do is in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke it. That's it. It's over with. His name is the mightiest name ever. There's no other name under heaven as powerful as that name. And at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. As we grow in our faith and relationship with God, it's important to realize that although the Lord wants us to be used for His glory and to share the gospel message, that our salvation is strictly based upon the free gift we received when we believed in the atoning work of the cross and the sacrifice Christ made by dying for our sins. Please make plans to join us Tuesday here on this station when we'll continue our studies of the book of Proverbs. If you'd like to review this message, you can do so online when it's convenient for you. Just log on to our website at MikeMcIntosh.com. That's MikeMcIntosh.com and click on the teaching link and then go to the sermon page for not only the complete teaching through Proverbs, but nearly the entire Bible from Pastor Mike. Again, log in at MikeMcIntosh.com. I want to remind you that chapter and verse is heard each weekday on this radio station thanks to the financial gifts we receive from you, our listening audience. If you've been ministered to through this outreach, please consider making a financial gift. And of course, we very much appreciate you taking a moment to pray for us here at CNV Radio. You can write to us at Chapter and Verse, Box 231150, San Diego, California, 92193. That's Chapter and Verse, Post Office Box 231150, San Diego, California, 92193. You can also give online securely at MikeMcIntosh.com. Be sure to come back next time for more from the Book of Proverbs with Mike McIntosh. Chapter and Verse is presented by Horizon International Ministries. And I'll stand up and shout.